0: Insiders from, from Siemens, Siemens, the podcast for the smart infrastructure community across the UK and Ireland.
1: Hello, I'm Steve Randall. On this episode of Insiders, we'll find out about future grid, grid edge, EV charging technology and infrastructure.
2: My name's Steve Goldspink and I currently Run two parts of the business within the distribution systems business unit. So I'm currently heading up the service part of the business and also the Future Grid part of the business, working with Bernard.
0: Yeah, hi, my name is Bernard McGee, and I'm a sales director for Future Grid in Smart Infrastructure. This is the Insiders Podcast
1: from Siemens. Now, originally, we were going to record this episode of the podcast back in March. It was March 18th, in fact. Like five days before we went into lockdown how have you both been coping first and foremost surprisingly uh, I, i've been
0: quite sort of pleased with with how we've managed to cope and you know like like everyone else in the world at the moment i guess we we've just had to adapt from a customer perspective you know it's been very similar for those guys uh however you know we, we did see a little bit of a dip initially which which was understandable However, you know we're, we're getting a huge amount of customer interest now in our technology and offering, so it, we're getting by quite nicely.
2: From a personal perspective, it's quite challenging. My my wife's a nurse in the A and E department, so she's on the front line. So managing workload and managing the homeschooling is a very interesting task. But also from a work perspective, I think varied because we are seeing lots of encouraging requests from our customers on the Future Grid side on some of the more traditional areas of our business such as a service business it's got some challenges just because there's this site-based activity so i would definitely say it's varied
1: we hear about future grid we're also hearing of the term grid edge perhaps you can introduce us to both of those please
2: So yes, the grid edge has been talked about a lot at the moment, and it is a key focus area for smart infrastructure. And it's essentially the interface between the traditional grid as we would know it, many of us would know that within smart infrastructure, the interface between the grid and the end consumer or the final customer. And what the grid edge is pushing is innovation in both hardware and software. And that hardware can be solar panels smart metering infrastructure inverters energy storage systems and even down into the home where we've got smart appliances and smart thermostats etc and it just means that we can have a far more dynamic grid system which really helps to integrate all these technologies helps us to integrate renewable technologies etc and to be really clear about what what Future Grid does within that grid edge scenario, then our portfolio is very much around e-mobility infrastructure, so e-vehicle charging infrastructure, and also the the PV side. So we have both traditional portfolio and also smart inverters in in the PV side. We've talked about this for a few years now, just how dramatically the energy markets are changing. And we are moving from lots of centralised power stations, lots of coal-fired and nuclear power stations, to a far more decentralised system. And with that comes some complexity. and, And this is where future grid stars to help out. It just means that we as consumers will be far more um, active in in the energy market whether that's plugging our electric car in at home or even you know in the future participating in a community energy scheme. It's moving quite rapidly and we've just seen the UK go 2 months without coal-fired power. So Everything's changing quite quickly, and some of the technologies coming through in the future grid part of the business will certainly help us to address those emerging markets in the grid edge.
0: This really is our sweet spot from a smart infrastructure perspective, in many ways, certainly around the grid itself, and if we even think about uh, e-mobility, there's some really great overlaps, I would say, between our our strong capabilities in, in this sector. If we think about even our cars and our vehicles that we own today, or we have owned in the past, you know, we, we've always, you know, filled those up with uh, fossil fuel energy, shall we say? But now we're moving towards, hopefully, using a lot more greener energy to fuel our vehicles and our transport going forward. We talk about miles per gallon. You know, a lot of the terminology now from the the energy sector is starting to seep out to, to the general public, shall we say. We are going through a pretty sharp shift now towards, uh, I would say, zero emission vehicles and electric vehicles.
1: And obviously so much has changed in the last couple of months during the COVID-19 epidemic. Behavioural shifts from people... Also, people being able to see the possibilities of doing things differently. So, how has this sort of changed your thinking around our strategy?
0: I would say it reinforced our strategy uh, in terms of what we've been thinking about over certainly over the last year. We've been very much driven towards uh, helping helping companies, helping ourselves with those those sort of net carbon targets, etc. You know, our focus has been around certainly the the, the public sector. The bus industry, TFL, transport, regulatory bodies like, like that, you know, transport for West Midlands, uh, local councils, all, all these type of customers. You know, we, we've certainly seen a real uptick in, in their their interest in, in those sort of low carbon technologies.
2: I think COVID has had a massive impact and, and for all the negativity around it, I think we can see some some real positivity and some real opportunities coming out of it how we've adapted as an organization to to mass working from home has just proven that we can start to seriously think about how we reduce our own carbon footprint in, not not just in terms of adoption of uh, of e-mobility and e-vehicles but also reducing our journey times but also that means that lots of people are now working from home um, so we already talk about you know smart appliances and smart thermostats. Um, I dare say that people will start to take even more interest in their own energy consumption at home if we see home working becoming more prevalent, which I expect it to. There's an opportunity if not just the UK, other countries can grasp it to really invest in low carbon infrastructure. We've seen lots of attitudes change towards, um, you know, wanting to use bicycles more, uh, and maybe even walk to work more. Along with that, there has to be quite a significant shift in investing in low-carbon infrastructure going forwards. And that can only be um, supported by the portfolio of smart infrastructure and the future grids business. It's really quite
0: interesting. And I was on a, a roundtable event last week with a number of other corporates like BP and Total, et cetera. We had a really good discussion around mobility and how we think COVID, you know, what sort of an impact COVID will have on, on the e-mobility the industry. And and certainly nobody knows at this point in time, you know. However, the, the consensus was that it will have an initial sort of impact on mass transport, you know, buses and trains and that, that kind of thing. People may be more comfortable driving their car at this point in time. But as we do come out of COVID, the, you know, the bus industry, for example, will still be there. However, there will be a drive towards zero emission buses and more and more electric buses. You know, when we walk around our cities into town, certainly I was out the other day on my bicycle and, you know, the bus passed me and I got a, got a mouthful of diesel fumes and I think that's just not acceptable going forward.
1: And we all watched with pride as Siemens and UberTricity converted over 20 lampposts in London to charging points, the electric avenue. So do you see fixing the infrastructure problem in this area as a key enabler to mass adoption of EVs? Um,
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion on on this point, Steve, in in terms of what should come first, the the vehicles or the charging infrastructure. It is a bit of both, really. You know, certainly over the last year, the government has has been investing heavily into funding and supporting the, the infrastructure side of things, the charging infrastructure. We definitely do... Do we see we see a pickup? A lot of our councils they've announced climate emergencies. There, there is again that that sort of real, I would say, real momentum now going forward to to clean up our environment.
2: I think there's also an element of of supply and demand here. I did read a stat recently that during the the COVID situation, normal combustion engine car sales have been significantly down, and actually more people have bought electric vehicles and they have combustion engine vehicles so you you certainly you can definitely see a shift in in attitudes towards um, you know greener greener mobility residential is obviously a a critical enabler for e-mobility so the type of solution that ubertricity can offer is really, really valuable. It, it, it's really important. It has to be an important part of the future grid strategy. But we, we have different ways of delivering our solutions into the market. And ubertricity is a really good example where we're, we're, we're working in more of a partnership rather than relying on, on um, having that portfolio ourselves.
1: And I guess, Bernard, if fleet management, for example, want to move towards electric vehicles... The people using those electric vehicles have got to be able to charge them at home, haven't they? Uh,
0: absolutely, Steve. Yes, um, and it, it is an area where we we haven't been that active, I would say, over recent years. However, uh, this summer, certainly Smart Infrastructure will be launching a, a new home charger product. I do see a lot of potential behind the meter going forward something like 80 percent of, of drivers will charge up at home
1: and and how important are our metering team in nottingham so we
2: work very closely with our metering team in nottingham we are always talking to them on a regular basis because they have an excellent routine to to the energy retail market and also because of that into domestic users so we continue to talk to them. We are looking at different different business models. Um, Bern has already mentioned some of the hardware that we have coming through in our portfolio, and and our colleagues in uh, managed services could be a good route to market for that. We're also working with them on our um, you know our, our car park solution as well. We're always looking to see if they can provide any uh, you know back office support to some of our business models. So yes, I would say that they are definitely a key part of how we develop our strategy going forwards.
1: Excellent. And maybe we could talk a little bit about customer conversations to date. The sort of questions they're asking, is it because they want to reduce CO two? Is it because they want to save money?
0: Probably all of the above, Steve, if I'm honest with you. There is that drive towards, you know, decarbonisation. What what's really interesting with the mobility side of things, is that fleet side of things. And I will come back to the bus side of things again. You know, this is a very, very much a new sector for us. It's a new market for smart infrastructure. We haven't operated in this market before. So we've had to develop uh, new customer relationships in this this sector and understand the sector ourselves, firstly, and then understand how our, our technology and portfolio fits into this new sector. And it's really interesting speaking to the customers in in this this sector. Uh, you know they're obviously very well versed on on their own operations, running running buses, for example, around London. Uh, however, they've got all this other complicated stuff that that they have to deal with now when they want to electrify bus routes. So they you know they've had they have to talk about grid connections, energy, kilowatt hours per mile battery storage comes into the conversation sometimes too. Now, these guys don't have electrical engineers in their business. So this has really worked. It's very interesting for us to come in and help and consult with these type of customers and help them. These are nice conversations to have with these customers. I, I feel they're very appreciative of, of the knowledge and capability we have. And we are, I would say, in quite a unique position with a lot of them in that we can generally solve a lot of their problems
2: for them. I think this is what's really fascinating about the emerging markets in e-mobility. Siemens globally, Siemens AG has this strategy, which is about building up its service capability as well. So in terms of the secure leverage expand strategy of smart infrastructure, we really want to leverage our install base and try to build up services And in some of our more mature markets, uh, transmission, distribution, some areas of industry, that's quite a challenge. The difference we're having here, and the big difference, I think, in terms of customer conversations, is that our customers are coming to us and saying, we're not experts in electrical infrastructure. We're not experts in managing these assets. And therefore, could you do that for us? So there's an automatic opportunity to not just sell the product, but also to provide services as well. So this is a really, really exciting market uh, in terms of us building up our own service capability. The other one just starting to to bubble up again now is PV, so solar energy, where we had a lot of build-out in the UK a few years ago and almost like a hiatus in that part of the market. But because of the the costs of solar energy have been going down, we are now starting to see some customers in the UK wanting to to start building out new PV developments. And this is going to be subsidy-free, as well so that's just an indication just how far the pv market has come and we mustn't ignore the fact that we have some really good portfolio around that area of the market as well
1: exciting times ahead for sure steve bernard thanks so much for joining me on this episode of insiders my name's steve randall thank you for listening and just like electric buses there'll be another one along shortly
0: copyright siemens siemens Ingenuity for life.